Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. As the big voice just told you, he's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Daryl, um, Deshaun Watson news breaking this afternoon. Uh, very interesting stuff coming out of Houston. What's the latest? Yeah, so the Houston Texans, uh, apparently Deshaun Watson is the gift that keeps on giving for them. Uh, they were fined $175,000 and required to forfeit their 2023 fifth-round draft pick as a result of a salary cap violation involving Watson dating back to 2020. Um, the, the discipline came following an investigation from the league. It revealed that Watson received, quote, undisclosed compensation in the form of a membership at an alternate athletic facility, end quote, from the Texans. That is uh, as a result of their uh, investigation. Of course, the league's salary cap requirements require any and all compensation and benefits to be reported. Uh, That includes non-cash benefits. Uh, This apparently, according to the league, was not reported by the Texans, and thus the uh, the discipline came down. Let's put it this way. So we're getting ready, little inside uh, football for folks. We were literally getting ready to record this podcast about 20 minutes earlier, and my phone pinged, and I see Houston Texans discipline in the message from from the the league office that I got, and I'm like, it's the Texans, and the, and 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 for a split second I thought about ignoring it, and I go, wait a minute, this has to involve Deshaun Watson, and I clicked on it, and sure as can be, it involved Deshaun Watson, so I, I had to hurry up and call Andy and Meredith and say, uh, timeout on the floor. Uh, I need about 20 minutes to to get this together, but uh, yeah, um, that uh, was a little surprising to come out on a Thursday afternoon for sure. All right, so here's my question. Do we ever find out about this if the other issues aren't going on? Yeah, I think so. Oh, we would have found out about this, you think, I, huh? I, I, I think so. Um, I mean, I don't know specifically how the NFL found out about it. Maybe some things were mentioned during discovery. Uh, uh, remember, the, the NFL did their own investigation into the allegations that were levied against uh, Deshaun regarding the uh, alleged uh, sexual misconduct during massage therapy sessions that were uh, filed in civil court by over two dozen women. Uh, the the league's presentation and disciplining Watson, remember, only included four instances or four examples of that alleged uh, sexual misconduct by him during these sessions. Um, it was originally ruled uh, by Sue L. Robinson that he was he was guilty of violating league policy on a multiple uh, array of fronts. She originally gave him a six six game ban. The NFL uh, appealed it, and they eventually settled on those eleven games and five million dollar fine. But yeah, I, I do think it's possible that that is 
how this all came about. I just, I don't know that for sure, but um, yeah, it's uh, it just, it's a reminder of how strict they are with the salary cap and salary cap reporting um, $175,000 and a fifth round pick. Ah, not that big of a deal. Uh, considering they get two extra draft picks from the Browns this year. I believe it's a first and a third for uh, this year. Last year, it was a first and a second. Next year, it'll be a first and a fourth. So you see how that deal got staggered. Each of the three years, first round pick, and then year one, it was a second round pick. Year two is a third round pick. Year three is the fourth round pick. So the Texans are going to be just fine. 175 bucks is a drop in the bucket. They spend that at the club on a Friday night, probably. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they picked up a couple of higher picks from the Browns. So this basically, at least from my standpoint, Andy, although it it makes headlines, That's because about it. Of Deshaun, it really is pretty much a, a slap on the wrist. Hmm. And it's not a major violation, right? I mean, what's a gym membership cost these days? A couple no. hundred bucks maybe for a pro athlete. They well, pay. I'm sure it was one of the nicer memberships, and yeah, I mean, so if you pay a couple grand or something like that, yeah, so. I mean, maybe ten thousand dollars at the most, if you think about right. it. If he's got food and he can do, is this the member? Is this the club that you know was surrounding then the investigation? Do we know or not? Or if we don't know, that's fine. If you don't know, I, that's yeah, fine. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know, and I, I'm pretty sure that the. Uh, that the allegations that were levied against them, they like occurred in residences and hotel rooms and stuff like that. I don't think they uh, occurred at training facilities. It's a, well, some of those training facilities and clubs have um, places where you can stay. Some of the nicer yeah. ones do. Even like, yeah, I, I'm just there's there's one across the street from uh, from our station that has hotel rooms in it, which is actually amazing when you think about it. But um, all right, so where does this? I mean, this doesn't mean anything for the Browns, though. Right? No. Nothing, nope. So. Uh, nope. That's it. And um, that, I mean, I think this closes the book on his tenure with the Houston Texans. I would think so. I mean, if you're Houston, you're still trying to, you're like, okay, now we're done. Now it's over. I think, I mean, we still have one more lawsuit pending, right? Two, two, two. They're, so they're, yeah, they, could get two. they could get dragged back in this again. Yeah. Well, remember the Texans sell, settled, I believe it was 30 lawsuits because they were named in a suit themselves that's right for, yeah. uh allegedly i i guess assisting or whatever uh deshaun with setting up these uh, not setting up the appointments but i guess providing him with facilities to get these treatments or something so uh the the texans they settled that i want to say like within three weeks of it becoming public very quick they were like we want out of this we want out of this now yeah yeah they that. yeah they did not want to go through any discovery process with it so they uh cut a check in in rather quick fashion all right so i i'm assuming then we can put to bed the rest of the story this the sean watson today story right i, other... I think so <laughs> okay i'm just making sure the phone, uh, the, phone the phone can ping at any moment and <laughs> I mean, I'm still just confused over my whole day because we changed the number at the radio station and I made it the whole day without saying the wrong number. It is now. Well, so for our listeners, uh, if you would like to participate uh, over the air, uh, our, our four talk shows, 92.3 The Fan, it's 216-474-0092. That's 216 474 Double O ninety two. I do think that it's 
That is where you can file your daily complaints about the Browns, the Cavs, the uh, the Guardians, the Ohio State Buckeyes, uh, the Mid-American Conference, the NCAA, and anything else that might creep into your mind. You know what's weird, Daryl? I, I mean, growing up in Northeast Ohio, 578 was just a radio exchange. Yes. It had to have been. I think it was. Because every radio station, <clears throat> their request lines were 578, which I'm assuming because they probably got more phone calls than most average phone lines. And they were all custom numbers for each station. They they right. had, you know, it, the station the, the station phone number related to their uh, position on the radio dial, either on the AM spectrum or the FM spectrum. Now we're really getting nerdy because this, this is my wheelhouse. This is stuff that I know. <laughs> From- <laughs> Because I, I used to deal with this stuff. I, I, uh, uh, no, I do think it's interesting. I think inside baseball radio stuff, I think it's super yeah. interesting, you know. And the other thing that was weird, I'm looking to see if, um, that's why when I was like told about the phone number, I was like, what? Like, yeah, because everything's always been five, seven, eight. Yeah. But now it's four, seven, four. Very important. Forget the five, seven, eight, even though we're going to keep saying five, seven, eight just to mess with you. It's four, seven, four, double O, 92. So I'm trying to think. Zero ninety two. I was also listening to one of our sister stations here, real quick. So just buy me a second because they changed their number too. I think everybody changed their number in our group, didn't they? I yeah, possibly. Yeah, I yeah, I think at least here in Cleveland. I don't know about out outside our particular market. I'm um, just like like so our sister station, which is <clears throat> excuse me, Star One Hundred Two. They changed their number too. They went to two one six three four three ten twenty one. I know this is geeky radio stuff, but it is, it's a three, four, three. What's NCX's uh, contest line now? Uh, now you got to ask me that. Uh, request line, I'm sorry, not contest line, request line. The request line, I, but I wonder if they changed too. Uh, they are now, hang on a second, WNCX request line. Um, They're 216-861-100. Nope. That's not right? No, they are... Two one six four nine nine nineteen eighty five. Oh, is that what they are? Yeah, okay. yeah. I actually gave you our office number, which doesn't matter. It's public. <laughs> it's public knowledge anyway, so it's not like I, I, normally I would go back and say we need to edit that, but we don't. I'm just sure if you'd like to advertise with the station, please feel free to call that number. We have no problems with that at all, especially if you yeah. like this podcast, which is it's always game day in Cleveland. Daryl, let's come back in one moment. Bubba Ventrone meets the media. What did he have to say? That's next. It's always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland. Daryl Ryder, Andy Baskin bringing the latest when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. A quick reminder, mobile sports betting finally legal in the state of Ohio, in case you haven't heard. BetQL is here to help make you the most informed bets possible. See all that's today's winners by heading to BetQL.com or downloading the BetQL app. Claim your free three-day trial today. That's BetQL.com slash new slash 92.3 the fan for exclusive sportsbook offers okay daryl so let's talk a little bit about bubba ventrone he met the media today what did the new special teams coordinator of your cleveland browns have to say he's really excited to be back in cleveland that's first and foremost does he get us that's my question he he totally killed the gets us meter his fate guess all right let's let's see how good you are okay guess what you think was his favorite memory as a cleveland brown uh, I'm gonna. Uh, he's gonna say Cavaliers winning the championship. No. Oh, I thought it was. I was going off the board as a, you... 
As a Cleveland Brown. Yeah, well, as a Brown, one of the he other teams. was a Brown was, when the Cavs won the championship. I, I thought it was worth a shot. Um, it had to have been some kind of special teams play where he made some tackle on the two or three yard line. Okay, what was it? It was the win over the Patriots. Uh, oh, one single game. He couldn't come up with one play where he blew someone up as he was running down the field, and it looked like it was uh, the guy was he had one man to beat, and he was the only guy to beat, and it was between him and Bubba. And Bubba stood there, and the great return man was looking him into the eyes, and he was looking him back into the eyes, and Bubba said, I've got one chance. I think he's going to go to the right when actually the guy normally goes to the left 95% of the time, but his gut feeling told him he was going to the right, and boom, he lowered his shoulder pads and put him three deep into the ground. Okay. And the Browns won the game. Here's why he didn't think in those terms. Uh, In 2009, the Browns went 5-11. and 2010, the Browns went 5-11. and 2011, they went 4-12. And 2012, they went 5-11. and So you you suck. (laughs) That's why he picked the win over the – like, that was of that era. Like, that was the Browns' Super Bowl victory, beating Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. How about that? (sighs) He looks kind of the same, by the way. He looks we, the same yeah, good. Yeah, we we got to see him on uh, on Zoom Thursday. Yeah, I'm telling you what, he needs to I tell recognize, a new story. I recognized him immediately. I'm going to write a new story for him, his greatest Browns memory. I'm going to make one up for him. Okay. I'm going to find some uh, obscure special teams play where he made a tackle. and Just look him, for it was, number it was 41 more... running all over the field like a maniac. I wonder if like he's going to coach that way. Like If he's going to coach the way he played, that's that's – I only got in two questions. I should have. I should have tried to get in a third. Ask him. Are you gonna like coach the way you play? Like, do you just like run all all over the field and get in guys' faces and stuff like that? Um, but yeah, I, you know, a couple of serious notes here. Sure. Um, regarding Cade York, he okay. mentioned that he had Cade as his number one kicking prospect coming out last year. So he's good really answer. Excited. Good answer. He's really uh, excited to get here and be able to coach him up. He also mentioned that, uh, you know, even with young kickers, the best, is the best, and he's been around some of the best, you know, Phil Dawson right up there. Uh, the short memory, the, the ability to move on quickly, uh, if you make or miss, uh, is, is something that he will be stressing quite a bit. Um, I asked him about the success that he's had because, like, let's face it, Andy, the rule book now, when you talk about punt and kick uh, returns, like the rule book is written to discourage teams from doing that, right? I, I think you'd agree with that, that the the way the, the rules are done. So, um, you know, I asked him, you know, why his, <laughs> his units kind of overcame that. And he basically said that, and this is a direct quote, we drilled the crap out of their footwork on kickoff return in our drops. We ended up leading the league in kickoff return because we actually executed our techniques well. And we went, here's the key part. And we ran basic returns the entire season. I feel like the same parallels show up whenever you're talking through the punt unit. Good footwork, end quote. So there you go. Um, maybe the Browns were doing, trying to do just a little too much on special teams last year that they, you know what they say? Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. I like the fact that Ray Ventrone strikes me as a keep, keep it simple, stupid type of coach. Doesn't try to outsmart himself. Doesn't try to outthink himself. He was asked about gimmick plays Thursday as well. 
Now, let's be honest about it. It's, the last time, it's been a while since we've seen the Browns run a gimmick play on special teams. Uh, it's been a while since a gimmick play has gone well in their favor on special teams as well. And, and he said, hey, th- those type of things kind of happen organically. It's not something that you can necessarily force or you do just for the sake of doing. So I, I-, I liked what he had to say. I love the hire when it was made. And uh, this is exactly why. Because Onside that- kicks. Did he talk about onside kicks? Uh, I think that falls in the, uh, the uh, ledger of gimmick plays. Uh, all right, it's I'll buy into play. that. It's a gimmick play, right? I, I just answer this you, because you were in the in the uh, press conference. Should Browns fans feel better about special teams? That's yes. the only answer I need. Yes, hundred percent. Like you feel like you were talking to an adult in the room, or I, yes. it's not to say that Mike Prefer wasn't an adult. I just you feel like you're talking to someone who's dedicated to special teams. I I, I I felt like I was talking to Kevin Stefanski and not Greg Williams. Okay, that's fair enough. Do you get do you get where I'm going with that? Like you know, uh, yeah, because it easily could have been Greg Williams, right? But no, but my, my whole point is is like I, I kind of equate prefer to Greg, like very uh, uh, it, it, enjoy it, enjoying of the time in front of the microphones of the cameras. Oh, I get you. Okay, uh, you know, great personality, great representation of the organization. I'm not criticizing. This isn't a criticism. It's just, you know, I, I, I literally, there was a little more style over substance, I think, at times uh, when it came to both of those guys. And I think that Ventrone is more substance over style, which is what Kevin Stefanski is. He is more substance over style as a coach. I will buy into that. All right, Daryl, I've got a bunch of other things I want to talk to you about on the podcast today. I just, I want to go back to one thing we talked about on the air and that we talked about in the last show. And, you know, I saw that Tennessee is getting a new they're, – they're getting a $2.1 million um, dome stadium. You mean What billion. is that? Billion. What did I say? Million? Sorry. Billion, billion with a B, like McDonald's. If it was $2.1 million, the Browns would have – Three stadiums. Uh, they'd have – yeah. <laughs> they'd be building stadiums all across Northeast Ohio for that kind of a price. It's a good point. Um, and you said that you felt like they're leaning back towards fixing what they have right now. I'm just wondering when we see other stadiums come into the spotlight, like the story that I read this morning about Tennessee, what does that do? Does that put pressure on anybody? Does that make the city want to work faster? Does that make the Browns want to work faster when you see other cities and you know that they're going to be going into new venues soon? I I don't know that it, uh, look, the, what puts the pressure on the situation is the lease, which expires after the 2028 season. That's the pressure. And the timeline that's going to be required, whether they build or renovate, to move beyond 2028 here. Um, that's the pressure, not what's happening in other markets. What's the impact of what's happening in other in other markets, Andy, I think is price. Um, and, and I wrote about this two weeks ago. I laid out some of the stadium projects that have either been proposed or are currently underway. Around the NFL, obviously, the two new stadiums. You mentioned Tennessee. Buffalo is the other one. And we talked about just the exploding cost of building and renovating stadiums these days. And that's why I think we really got off easy with Gateway, with the the Cavaliers lease extension. Only cost $70 million in public money. 
Uh, the Cleveland Guardians is going to cost significantly more than that in public money, $435 million, including a $202 million overhaul, plus the rest of it in capital improvements, basically them fixing or replacing existing systems. It's kind of like renovating a house. You tear into the walls and you see, well, we're in the walls, so we might as well fix stuff while we're in there and update stuff while we're in there. It's a similar thing that the Guardians are going to go through. But you know, the Guardians are going to put up $150 million of uh, their own money uh, over <clears throat> uh, 10 years here. So you can you're going to combine both of those, right? As far as the public money goes, and it's not going to, it's going to pale in comparison to what the Browns are going to cost, regardless of if it's a renovation or a new stadium. Um, and I just feel like the, the impression I get is right now because of the soaring costs, um, I don't think that they, the Browns have the stomach for the cost associated with a new stadium, which is why I have to do an about face like a politician, flip-flop, go to the other side of the fence, and I'm leaning toward them staying on the lakefront because it all comes down to, the, to money. Gotcha. All right, let's take a quick timeout. Let's come back and talk about the biggest quarterback conversations that we have going right now, and uh, one is in New York, and then the other um, – I'm sorry – the big one is in New York. Um, I want to talk about that. The other one is in Baltimore. That's the other big one. So we'll do that when we come back. It's always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. All right, let's talk about some of the hot topics that are going on in the NFL right now. The first one I want to ask you about, Daryl, is Lamar Jackson. Because what's going on in Baltimore, I do have a theory about what's going on with this thing. And I think that there's no way there aren't other teams looking at him. It seems quiet. It seems like we're not hearing anything about any teams being interested in in making uh, a deal with Baltimore to try to get him out of there because of the way that they uh, franchised him. I, I think this all has to do with him not having an agent. Like, I think if he had an agent, we would hear even just the littlest crumble or a little crumb about any other team that might be interested just to make things more interesting. And I think the fact that he doesn't have an agent uh, is making this conversation kind of go sideways. What do you think? I 100% agree with you. Um, oh, look at that. Woohoo! It's a big day for me. It is. Um, there's a first for everything. They Stop it. The Ravens are taking advantage still of Lamar Jackson because he doesn't have an agent. So a couple of tentacles to this whole situation. One, um, they now, with that non-exclusive franchise tag, one, they get to pay him a lower salary this year at $32 million and change, which is well below market value uh, for a player of his ability. So they're sticking it to him that way. They're sticking it to him again because they've said, okay, go out there and get your market value, and we'll just we have the right to match it. And unless there's some sort of a poison pill put within that contract, Andy, that's what the Ravens are going to do. Now, the problem for Lamar is eh, other teams around the league don't want to do the Ravens work for them. Okay. And it let's, let's just say, I won't name a team. Eight, let's just say a team agrees to terms with Lamar on a offer sheet, right? Well, that team now jams themselves up with the salary cap for the five days at least that the Ravens have to decide whether or not to match it because they have to report that to the league. Hey, we, you know, the signing bonus, whatever it is. Right. Um, so it basically freezes them 
when it comes to their salary cap, which prohibits them then from going out and participating further in free agency. So what team wants to do that? So it was it was interesting how many people ran out in front to just completely lambaste the Ravens for giving him that non-exclusive uh, franchise tag. But in retrospect, it's a genius move to screw over Lamar Jackson. It really is. No team is going to want to negotiate a, a deal with him, really, knowing that the Ravens are probably going to match it. And 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 no team wants to sacrifice a week's worth of salary or sacrifice their salary cap space and basically put free agency on pause for a week so that they can come to terms with Lamar uh, with an offer sheet, uh, you know, signing him to an offer sheet while the Ravens sit back and they have five days. And, you know, the Ravens will take all five days to say yay or nay to that offer sheet. So um, I, I think that. Well, I understand where Lamar is coming from. I think it was major mistake not to hire an agent to handle all this stuff. Major, major mistake. The rookie contract, I get. Mm-hmm. The numbers are set, <clears throat> right? The collective bargaining agreement lays out your salary. Really, the, you know, I think the only thing you really negotiate in your rookie contract these days, especially for a first round pick, is your offset language. That's about it. There is no other negotiation. The salaries are set every year. The fifth-year option is set. Thanks, Joe Banner. Yeah, so, yeah, I I mean, I just, there's there's no upside here for Lamar. He he basically controls nothing right now. Uh, The Ravens are the team that's in control, and unless Lamar hires an agent to handle this, I think he's going to end up back in Baltimore and he's going to be pissed because he's going to be still paid under market and the team is going to have leverage over he's going to have to play under market value another year and risk further injury and also let's not forget Andy he's missed games the last 2 years because of injury and that's all the more reason he needs to get an agent to handle this i don't think he's going to do it but to his detriment not having an agent I mean, it, it it has really hamstrung him in this negotiation with the Ravens. And right now, Eric DaCosta and the Ravens are absolutely winning. If you get a chance, listen to Baskin and Phelps podcast and to listen to Jason Lockhamp forward today. He lit into the Ravens just about being cheap and not getting him any help and I mean, it was like, and I've heard Jason do this to the Browns before. When the Browns were in his radar, man, the Ravens are all over his radar right now about the way they're handling the situation. It's it's um, it's actually comical, and in a little way, it's a little bit relieving because you're you're. It's good to hear bad things about other teams. Let me just say that, rather than your own team, especially when I've heard Jason say the same things about the Browns, but not exactly. And it also might have maybe might make you appreciate the Haslam's for the money that they spend. Because we never once complain about the money they spend, do we? Oh, One time I can think of where I was like, man, why didn't they just pay Joe Hayden? That was the only time wow. I, I can think of. Well, and that was because they were blowing up the team and yeah. Joe Hayden was going to make the rest of the team look bad. <laughs> Let's be honest about it, right? I agree. Yeah, I agree. He might have accidentally helped them win a game or two. <laughs> it's true. All right, last topic that I want to talk about, and it is what could be a dynamic show. On Broadway, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. 
I bring out the lights, the dancing girls, the media will be there. It's going to be amazing. Will it happen? It seems like we're close, doesn't it? Why do I feel like it's going to be a dumpster fire? If it oh, happens? it's going to be amazing. It's I mean, it's I, got the lights. No, it's turn out the lights. The party's over. No, um, no, this is Bugs Bunny, man. Let's go. Yeah, I just, it's uh, going to be a splash. The they, they, made, they made a couple of moves on Thursday that seemingly are paving the way for them to go ahead and bring in uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. By the way, how about Adam Schefter trolling everybody Thursday? Oh, for sure. Hey, by the way, am I allowed to sing on this thing, or do we have to pay rights for the fact that I sing? Yeah, you'd be very, very careful. Okay, I will not sing anymore, I promise. And by the way, it's borderline whether my melody was even close. So Yeah, Um. so him tweeting out that the Jets have agreed to a trade, dot, 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 dot. Then nothing after that until he goes, the trade, the Jets acquire, uh, agree to send a 2024 seventh-round pick to the Ravens for safety, Chuck Clark. Um, and that's going to uh, uh, affect their cap a little bit. Um, they are um, – they also did something else, too. Oh, they, they released a Braxton uh, Berrios, uh, the, the receiver, which clears out like $5 million in salary cap space for them. So, I don't know. I just kind of feel like they're they're laying in the weeds, waiting to strike. And I think that, that ultimately that's where Aaron Rodgers is going to end up. He's going to trade in one shade of green for another. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. I, think guess what? I hope he goes. Guess who's going to play the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets? Not oh, once, we're not twice. twice. It's the second time that'll Your matter. Or yeah. Cleveland Browns. Well, you know what? Maybe we'll see Aaron Rodgers shake some hands pregame of the Hall of Fame game. He what might take think? a snap at the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, it might. Yeah, like a ceremonial snap or something. It's, well, I mean, unofficial ceremonial snap, right? Yeah, I, I guess. Daryl, it has been a blast. We'll do this again next week. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Um, the Haslam's going to spend a ton of money next week. So Ooh, can't wait to talk about that. Free agency begins and the Haslam's get to break out the checkbook once again. I love it. All right. For our producer, Bye Meredith Kane, for our producer, Meredith Kane, who's outstanding. Thank you very much. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland.